you're famous for this sort of chicken dance, right? What exactly. Should, what should we be looking for? Can you do a little bit of it? This will make sense in a minute. Welcome to the Eurowhat, episode number 23 for the week of August 13, 2018. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We're a couple of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the mechanics of songwriting. How's it going, Ben? Good. Yeah, like it feels like forever since we've recorded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting a little inside baseball-y, but uh, we recorded our last episode super early, so this is our first time back in our uh, respective recording booths uh, in, <laughs> in quite yeah, a while. Yeah, like a month. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot about 85% of how podcasting works. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, those, it only took us like two hours to get started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those muscles, it turns out, completely atrophy if you don't use them. What have you been up to since uh, we last recorded? It has been a, a busy July of pursuing my, my, my other passions when I'm not podcasting, which are to say puzzles and trivia. Uh, a couple weeks ago, at this point, I was at the Trivia Conference of North America, which has been taking place in Vegas the last couple of years. Ooh. Which, Vegas in August, uh, it's hot. So as part of that, there is like a whole quiz bowl tournament, essentially. You know, I registered like last year for this and was like, yeah, just stick me on a random team. And the person who arranged the teams did a very good job of taking a look at everybody's learned league and other things that they do their trivia and actually gave me a pretty balanced team. We did. We got all the way to the we did not get to the the final round, but we got to the bronze medal round and then prompt, promptly got trounced. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, but but like what? So the way that Quiz Bowl works is that you have a toss up question and whoever gets the toss up uh, gets a bonus question that's worth an additional 30 points. I had jokingly said to my team earlier in the the round when we were first getting to know one another, okay, guys, so my trivia knowledge tends to mostly be, there's like a little bit of literature, there's a little bit of math and science stuff, but it's mostly just pop culture garbage. If there is a, like, this is never going to happen because this is is way too niche of of a subject, but if there is a question about, given the song title, name the country at this year's Eurovision that performed it, I'm your guy. Uh, so in the bronze medal match, uh, one of the the rare bonuses that we did get was apparently the obligatory yearly Eurovision bonus question. Uh, I lit up like a Christmas tree. Nice. <laughs> uh, the first question, and again, like I'm most like I'm basically talking over the the poor reader at this point. Who won this year? Israel. Who hosted this year? Portugal. And patiently waited through most of this question just to make sure I didn't like pounce and and get like a trick question. Mm-hmm. Not that there would be a trick question in this one, because, again, this is niche knowledge. Right. Uh, but who's the second most famous winner of the contest? Notable because they weren't actually Swiss. I'm like, I, I was saying they're going, OK, well, if it's not ABBA, it's Celine Dion. Uh, and it was Celine Dion. So, that is incredible. Yeah, so that, that was great. <laughs> uh, my team were, were very happy that we suddenly had another 30 points on the board. Did it get us the, the bronze medal? No, it did not. But uh, I, I felt very, very proud of myself. Well, congratulations. Yeah, was this done like Jeopardy style where you have to like buzz in and like to answer questions? This is or? like proper Quiz Bowl style. Uh, you're, you have a team of four. Everybody has a buzzer. 
Uh, if you buzz in before the end of the question, uh, you if you are wrong, you lose five points, and your your team is locked out. Mm. You can buzz in early at any point, but it doesn't get you any bonus. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. It is uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> As it turns out, when you don't record for a month, uh, a lot of Eurovision news piles up. Yeah, so probably the biggest one, which uh, un- <laughs> felt at such an unfortunate time schedule-wise, because it was like the day after our like last podcast episode dropped, uh, which was Netta appearing on the Today Show. She gave a performance of Toy, talked to Carson Daly for like five minutes. He seemed a little lost, but I thought she gave a pretty good performance. Yeah, like I, I watched the video afterwards because I have to be on the train when the Today Show is on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought the performance was good. Like I actually kind of like this performance a little bit better than her actual Eurovision performance as far as feeling coherent. Yeah, coherent. And I really liked her look. She had like this purple braids thing going on and like really cute dress. And Well, yeah, it, it felt a little less appropriative. Yes. Yeah, th- that was also uh, a nice thing to see. She did have to explain the chicken dance, which, sure. I thought it would have been cooler to talk about her looper, but Today Show typically doesn't have Eurovision contestants on it. So I guess they have to do whatever they can like to make the five minutes count. It's just part of this like major worldwide push that Netta's label is trying to do, and it seems to be working. Last I checked on the Billboard charts... Uh, Toy is number three on the Dance Club Songs chart. That's the one that is compiled by surveys of DJs. So that one's not based on sales. The one that is based on sales is the EDM chart. And she was at number 29. She did slip to number 33, but she's on the chart. So, yeah, so like that's pretty on, cool. Yeah, she's on a chart in the US, which is which is more than most Eurovision winners do these days. Yeah, so I'm very curious to see how far she can take this uh there was a video going around the other day of her doing looping remixes of different pop songs uh with iHeartRadio. like she did a version of rude boy that she did uh when she auditioned on uh rising star uh back in israel but yeah she did like two or three songs in that video and it's just really charming like that that is her strongest asset is just how charming she is mm-hmm. so and let's see johnny weir is also getting on the Eurovision bandwagon. Uh, ben, I think you were the one who put this on the dock. Well, I, I feel very unsurprised that Johnny Weir is on the Eurovision bandwagon, uh, mm-hmm. but he is currently uh, skating to Fuego, which is an excellent choice, I think, as far as skating music goes. Not that I'm an expert on these things, but it feels like a good choice. He had a video of one of his practices uh, on his Instagram. Not, nothing involving costumes, although I think he described what his costume is going to be when he's performing this number. So... Be on the lookout for that if you're into like men's figure skating. I guess I don't know. That song is that song is still top of my playlist right now. <laughs> like it's just a, such a great summer pop. I love it. Oh yeah, like that that one is definitely a good summer one. I would say like as like the figure skating season approaches, since he is, I think more on the le- less on the competitive side these days, mm-hmm. more on the exhibition side. So I would keep an eye out for that once that kind of happens around like november december yeah and then just other kind of random uh songs appearing in the wild i, I tweeted this out uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago i was at a starbucks i was waiting in line for my iced coffee and a song was playing over the store uh system and i could sort of recognize the guitar work and it's just like wow this really sounds a lot like ireland's entry and but 
why would that be playing here? And like, it was also one of those things where it's like, wait, are my headphones like still on and just playing really loud? And like, I wasn't sure I was hearing it, but then she's like, no, this is actually what is coming out over the PA, but like, it's just the guitar part. And it's like, oh wait, maybe this is the karaoke version. And sure enough, the vocals from the karaoke version And it's really off-putting in like the weirdest way because it's just like, well, first of all, it's harmonizing. So it's just in a different key. So it just sounds kind of off-key. And then it's mainly the chorus. So it's... Oh, happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, (laughs) Chicago. Death comes for us all. Yeah, yeah. And especially because it's just like, oh, I know I appreciate this. I doubt anybody else here appreciates this unless there's somebody from the Swedish American Museum down the street that's like doing a coffee run right now. But yeah, I just thought that that was kind of hilarious and it's like, all right, sure. Why not? Sure. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay. Thanks, and, life. But, yeah. And like, why the karaoke version? Like the original track is perfectly fine. I, I, I don't know if royalties thing or what, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. And like you had like a week of like spotting past Eurovision things in the wild because there's like a couple others that have popped up. Yeah. So I was watching Hulu the other day and the farmer's insurance ad came up. It's uh, one where there's like a dad and a daughter like playing a uh, Dance Dance Revolution type game. And then I guess their apartment is above a garage and like all these paint cans are falling onto uh, the car parked below. I was only sort of half paying attention, but could hear the music. And it's like, wait a minute, I recognize this. And it is the song Work by Stella Mwangi, who represented uh, Norway back in 2011 and was one of the finalists this year for Norway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that like, number one, great that she's getting that kind of clearance because that that song's a lot of fun. But also like, wow, that is like the most random pull. And yeah, just had to be there at the right place, right time. You heard it here first. Farmers Insurance ads are the new iTunes ad in terms of discovering new artists. Yeah, if you don't have work in your workout playlist, highly, highly recommend it. Every time I put in work, I put in work, I put in work, work, I put in work. On the current season of America's Got Talent, uh, Glennis Grace, who represented the Netherlands in 2005, uh, she has made it to the quarterfinals. Last week, she did her Judges Cuts performance uh, with a cover of uh, Nothing Compares to You. It was fine. Yeah, like, America's Got Talent is just not my bag. Right before she performed, there was, like, quick change artists. I feel like with America's Got Talent, they try to end that show's title with an exclamation point, and I mostly just want it to be a question mark. Yeah, yeah, because before the quick change people, uh, it was a guy on a trampoline with a zebra balloon. I don't know. It's summer TV. There's only the the bar's a lot lower. Yeah, she will be competing in the quarterfinals. But yeah, I I don't think the quarterfinal has been for her has been scheduled yet. I really don't understand how this show works. America's Got Talent just lasts for like 16 weeks. And there are buzzers and there are X's and I do not understand any of it. And I do not engage with it. Hope she does well. Um, (laughs) End Uh, sentence. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, like it's just a lot of Eurovision in the wild. And yeah, we would love to hear if you spot anything 
Eurovision related. Uh, as you're out and about getting coffee, watching TV, wherever, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just hit us up on our social media at Euro What on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just got on SoundCloud, so that's cool. Ooh, that's uh, fun. Also, if you have a better name yeah, than yeah, Eurovision you... in the Wild. Uh, <laughs> we are, yeah, we are all ears. Please send that to us. Enough about that. Enough. Let's get on to our main topic of songwriting. Which is, let's force a computer to write Eurovision songs. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so this was something that when we were discussing the show, I pitched as a thing, not understanding how it would, would work. And I am so pleased with, with what we did. It feels like a very sort of meta thing to do, like Eurovision songs about writing Eurovision songs. Like, there have actually been two of them now. One of them was not an actual entry, but one of them was. I mean, like, we have the Love, Love, Peace, Peace song that Sweden did the last time they hosted, which is really just like a classic Eurovision bit, I think, at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets more into, like, how to put on a Eurovision performance and, like, the staging of it more more than the songwriting. Although they do talk about the key changes. Oh, yeah, they, they talk about and, the key changes, yeah. but yeah, like, it's largely just an excuse to hit all of the things on your Eurovision drinking game in three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is trope central. Right. So. <laughs> it, 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 it's, yeah, like Eurovision really kind of like, at least when the Swedes do it, I think particularly really likes winking at itself. Mm-hmm. And I like things that are that realize their own silliness. So I'm I'm inclined towards them. Something that is much more songwriting focused. Uh, we have Norway's entry from, from this year. That's how you write a song, which offers such helpful, insightful tips as uh, go with it uh, and sing it all day long, which is great if you've written a thing. Mm hmm. Alexander, but is is less helpful and does not really get into the the nitty gritty about okay, but like how does songwriting work? Thinking about it, uh, there's an episode of Absolutely Fabulous. Uh, it's the first episode of the fourth series where uh, it's it's not even a plot. It's just kind of like this runner that's going through where Adina is told by one of her like spiritual gurus or whatever. It's like, Oh yeah. Uh, write a pop song. Bye. And <laughs> so she's like trying, trying to write a pop song like throughout the day. And it's mostly her just kind of narrating what she's doing. It's like, I'm driving in a car and looking at people outside. And like Patsy's even just like, yeah, that's not catchy at all. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. So, but yeah, going down the, the Britcom, Mm-hmm. way like father ted of course has the the classic like cult canon uh eurovision episode i think of any media where uh they try to write a song for europe in in the euro song which is definitely different than the eurovision song contest but like i rewatched that over the weekend and they get through like all of the beats in like 30 minutes it's very tight and like very good it's very good and like a lot of it still really works I don't know if it's just that I have watched enough Britcoms that the tropes have become innate within me, mm-hmm. or if it's, or if it's just that they're kind of predictable. But like a lot of like the British sitcoms from like that period of like the early '90s have a very homey quality for me, where you can you kind of know the beats, you kind of know how the story is going to end, but you're still happy to just kind of be along for the ride. Right. I really enjoy the conceit in there where uh father ted and his rival priests I, this is the only episode of yeah, father like, this ted is like one seen, of the only so. episodes i've watched where i'm just where, but like there's enough detail to go oh that's the rival priest right they talk about entering the euro song the way that you would talk about entering like a pie baking competition at the county fair where it's like oh yeah it's like oh may is coming up are you doing it this year and it's like sure like everybody's going to write a song for it well but not everybody because there's like six entries in the irish 
final, and one of them is this ter- well, well, maybe. Well, actually, now that I think about it, they probably sent the good version. Oh yeah. But yeah, okay. So the 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 quick plotline is that they again they just sort of on a whim decide to write an entry for the Euro song and then like spend all night doing it and like in the process get nothing except for like one minute of content that doesn't rhyme and is the same chord and is them just singing the same note for that entire minute. And <laughs> yeah, set to a default Casio beat. Set to, <laughs> yeah, set to a Casio <laughs> default as the drum machine. Uh, and again, like the song is called My Lovely Horse. My lovely horse running through the field Where are you going with your fetlocks blowing in the wind? I want to shower you with sugar lumps and ride you over fences I want to polish your hooves every single day and bring you to the horse dentist My lovely horse, you're a pony no more Running around with a man on your back like a train in the night Wait, wait, I can do this bitch Like a train in the night And that is about as deep as it goes Anyways, they discover that there's, like, this Norwegian Eurovision B-side from this group that died tragically along with their management that they could set the words to, and they, they submit that, and that's what gets them in there. And, like, really, I've been watching just the, vi- like, the, the dream sequence video of that where, they like, it just ends and they wake up and go, we need to lose the sax solo. Yeah. <laughs> like, all weekend, and it's just delightful, and I even kind of like the sax solo. <laughs> Anyways, they get there and they discover that, like, everybody secretly knows this tune, which, I mean, in in thinking about this episode far more than one should, they made it through with that song, so they're probably fine to sing it that way, but they, you know, they, they their internal spirit is like, no, we should probably do our original version and not plagiarize. Uh, and they sing it, and it's terrible, but because Ireland in the show has won the past five years and, like, doesn't have the money to run it again, uh, they submit that, they, they, they win by default, just because they've moved to an internal selection process. Yeah, and the real irony here is uh, this episode dropped in April of 1996, and Ireland won Eurovision in May of 1996, which was the fourth time in five years that, that Ireland so, won. Uh, yeah, so, so. In, so life imitates art. And so in digging into like the history of this, just to see if there's any like behind-the-scenes stuff or any kind of nuggets I could dig into while looking into this episode is... What's really, really fun is that uh, so the the main director of most of the episodes of Father Ted was also the director of the 1988 Eurovision Song Contest. So he might have kind of known like what was going on as far as like the staging of those scenes. Mm-hmm. What really amused me is that apparently uh, Ireland, who admittedly has had a rough go of the competition lately, uh, there was a petition to submit My Lovely Horse as their entry in 2015. Uh, it failed, unfortunately. Just think about what could have been just like... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's like the whole rule of like not being publicly performed more than a year ahead. Yeah, I mean, there there were all sorts of technical issues before it even got into the petition stage. But yeah, and it was weird. The article that you linked to, which we'll uh, have in our show notes, it really seemed like it was written by a computer. <laughs> like it had it had all of the facts of the story, but it was not written in a way that I felt a human would write a news story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody put all of the various factoid sentences in the computer. I was like, well, that's good. But anyway, so like one of the crazy ideas I'd had when we were considering doing the podcast and thinking about one of the big trends that has been happening on Twitter is there are various comedy things where it's like 
So I fed a computer 100 hours of Olive Garden commercials, and here's what it came out with, which are funny, and like some of them you can clearly tell are just comedy writers having a lot of fun with tropes of commercials, but some of which are actually things using what are called Markov chain generators, uh, the, the best note of which is Botnet. And I was like, well, I, I have like a large array of data that shows how, th- how things are structured. We should do that. And like foolishly, the rest of y'all said, yes, we should do this. Yeah, uh, could you explain what a Markov chain is? I can, like, as the resident software engineer on this program. And this was actually, like, something I programmed, like, either my freshman or sophomore year of college is like, a programming exercise. So when you have a computer analyze text, uh, you can build what's called a Markov chain generator. And a Markov chain is, is, like, a chain of two or three words. And what you do is you give a computer a text, and it goes through and it reads the text, like, two words at a time and learns sort of what follows each pairing of words. And it starts to build, like, a little bit of a network where, you know, just telling it, okay, now write me a paragraph based off of, like, this, like, thousand-word text, it will do its best to to kind of go through and say, okay, so if I have the cat, this is what word follows next, and it'll take it two words at a time, which leads you to wonderfully goofy results. And you can actually set things up so that's looking at more than just two-word strings, and that's how you get much more elegant Markov chain generators, like autocomplete on your phone. Mm. Uh, but if you keep it low, uh, the hilarity level rises, uh, which is why people are starting to use things like Botnik and feeding in. Like, I think the best example I found while learning how to make one of these crazy things was there was somebody who used Botnik and fed in a bunch of descriptors of Hello Kitty and her friends and like their their biographies, essentially, when you go to the Sanrio page and use that to generate a bunch of characters and then generate their biography as a result. Which is actually pretty fascinating just because, like, even without the, like, comedy-generated version, like, you learn so much about Hello Kitty. Like, I had no idea they were British. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just, like, fun factoids like that. But cool. So we decided that we wanted to try to write a song using this method. Let's just use My Lovely Horse as the baseline for... We can write something better than that. We did this in two steps. Compile it. The list is really long. So what we did here is we collected songs from the last 10 years of Eurovision. Uh, Yeah, like I wanted to put, yeah, when we were doing this, I kind of wanted to put some constraints on it. mm -hmm. Because there are 60 years of Eurovision and that is a lot of data and we should probably limit it somehow. Yeah, and I mean, it's still a pretty substantial corpus of songs that we had because uh it like last 10 years i mean that's taking into consideration like what pop sensibilities are like there has there hasn't been that much transition uh in the world of eurovision compared to the world of pop music like the the eurovision has not had its lady gaga moment for example but right but if nothing else it kind of limits it to like the very reaches of when the people involved with this show have been paying attention to Eurovision. Right. And it also like takes into consideration like when televoting and the two semifinal system started existing and uh just like really reaching like peak participation where it's been like 40 plus countries pretty much every one of those years. Uh so we went back 10 years and uh we focused on songs that were primarily in English. So fully English language that's totally fine. If there's the occasional foreign phrase we didn't disqualify it so like iceland's 2010 entry je ne sais quoi like je ne sais quoi is the only phrase that is not in english in that song and that's that's an idiom that's kind of used in english pretty regularly so we didn't take that one out 
but Bulgaria's 2016 entry, If Love Was a Crime, the chorus of that song is primarily in Bulgarian. It's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't include that one just for like cadence purposes, that sort of thing. But that also means that songs like Amar Pelos Dois and 1944, two Eurovision winners, we didn't include in this list. Uh, we also didn't include songs that were intended to go to Eurovision, but didn't actually compete. So that would be like Russia's 2017 entry, Romania's 2016 entry, Georgia's 2009 entry, although that one would have been fun to throw in there. <laughs> Even with the ones that we didn't include, we still had a list of just over 300 songs, which is about 20% of the full Eurovision experience. So I feel pretty confident that we have a substantial enough list. Yeah, like that felt like a really, really good base to just kind of build this crazy machine on top of. Yeah, and it's also something where it's just like we have this base corpus and we could probably go back and add to it uh, if we have time or the inclination. I doubt we have either. But um, <laughs> but one of the things that made this project super, super easy is the website for lyrics.eu. Uh, they have an entire Eurovision database in there and just made this like copying and pasting project so much easier. So thank you for lyrics.eu. As we were throwing this together, Ben also requested uh, a separate corpus of the song titles for uh, all of the entries that we use. And that one was easier because I'd already had that list pulled when I was doing the initial search. So yeah, that, that one only took like five minutes to throw together the, the, the 300 songs, full lyrics. That was a little bit longer of a project. That was a labor of love. And I will get into like why I ended up requesting that separate titles list a little bit later. Uh, but so that was step one of the process. We used Botnik. That's how we wrote a song. I had, read a few things about how people were creating these sort of crazy things on Twitter. And there are, there've been like a ton of memes where it's like, start with the sentence, you know, I was born a, and then just let autocomplete do the rest. That is again, an, a more elegant Markov chain. Uh, but with Botnik, uh, my assumption at the start of this project uh, was that, okay, well, we are giving it a big old text file that includes line breaks. So it will learn not, it will, it will know not only uh, how to put words together, but also when to add, line breaks and just how to format things and diverses and choruses. It's going to do all the work for me. I can just hit play. Uh, it turns out there is no play button. You, you just sort of upload the file. It's like, here, here's your keyboard. As it turns out, there is a slightly more manual process to make a computer write a song. So you're saying there won't be a robot Eurovision uprising anytime I, soon? I, I, I believe that Thomas Gislason's job is safe for now. Oh, good. Uh, which, which is good for him because he cranks out like 30 a year. The thing that makes that Hello Kitty one work and that makes the best of them work is that there is a structure to the actual text itself, which is tricky with songs because songs do not always follow a, well, there are four lines in the verse and then there are five lines in the chorus. There are, there are no hard and fast rules like that. Uh, so what I ended up doing just to kind of play around with, with lyric writing on this was taking a look at, okay, well, if we want to write a winner... Uh, we should copy a winner, essentially. So I was starting things off with the the starting word, one or two words from the verses and choruses of the last five English language winners. So the ones that ended up working the best, and I was posting these to our Slack channel for, with much delight. So Heroes ended up working really well. Uh, so did Rise Like a Phoenix. But Rise Like a Phoenix wrote a song that I think was too good or, or just kind of kind of did. It was too sensical. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it was too sensical. That 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 is a better way to describe it. It made too much sense, and I wanted to keep things a little loose. So, uh, I, again, like just playing around with things, uh, heroes sort of worked out the best. So, I'm gonna do my best epic reading on this one. 
Uh, and I never did come up with a title for this one, so who knows? Uh, pl- don't tell me about your feelings. I can't go on if you want to have some fun. Let's make it through the day. What if I'm this crazy something? You better believe it never felt Latvian. Once I'm na-na, na-na-na, na-na-na. Uh, as you can see, so one of the problems with a Markov chain uh, is that for certain pathways like na-na-na, it really gets going and just does not stop. It doesn't know how. It's just a computer. It's, it's a baby. It uh, anyways, back to the song. He said when I speak, there's nothing dangerous and live my dreams endlessly crazy for you to go down the Rockefeller groove. The Balkan world is ours. We are wolves of the sea, but we're falling down when the music. <laughs> and like one of the things I love about about this lyrics one in particular is that again, so sort of like the the way that like na 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 pops up and like doesn't know how to stop is that there are even within like three hundred songs there are still sort of unique fingerprints that only belong to one song like mm-hmm. the Rockefeller groove I can point to the exact Estonian song that comes from. Because it's the only one like that. It's Wolves of the Sea from the song Wolves of the Sea. <laughs> it, 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 might be, it might be from the song Wolves of the Sea. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, like there are, there are like these wonderful fingerprints oh. that you can't quite get out of the system. Botnik is perhaps not ideally suited for uh, writing songs. And again, like much, much swearing happened while the, while, while trying to make it write actual songs and figuring out lyrical structures, because I am not a, as it turns out, I am not a trained songwriter and should probably stick to my day job. Then I was like, okay, well, Botnik is very good at like two to five word chunks. It's good with very sh- short uh, phrases and, and occasionally sentence, which makes it really, really good at generating Eurovision titles, which is why I had you make that second corpus. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Eurovision song titles, it turns out, follow a lot of similar patterns and build a lot more connections that are better. Again, like it's just ideally suited for just like making a generator around. And I generated like 50 or so of these and like all of them are delightful and I love all of them. They're my beautiful children. So just I'm just going to just share a few with our listeners. Uh, we're going to make both of these generators available because other people need to be able to play with these things they're so much fun just some of the titles i i came up with that made me happy i don't want to leave the balkan life what if we just get out of the wolf and then there's like also just very very standard titles like one more life sound of our choice spring in spring (laughs) i was very surprised at like some like i had like i got very strong opinions about some of these titles like like one of the titles that came up uh was it's my guitar which feels like a very standard Eurovision title and like I, I have already sort of have written the chorus for that and like the line before it's my guitar is what's that smell <laughs> when you let it get a little bit longer it gets really goofy like uh, what if we just get out of your heart this siren cheesecake uh, which you can sing to the song uh, this magic moment hmm. the Balkan love for nothing I love the night dance dance with my guitar popular in rewind a century of silence Ooh. you are soldiers <laughs> In spring, in autumn, in love, pressure oh, like of the one. universe. Uh, is my guitar forever? <laughs> the one thing I was trying to do is, I think my goal had been I wanted to use the computer to write a song titled Shine, because that title pops up like three times every season. Right. Uh, but So I was very curious, what happens if I put Shine into the Botnik generator? And it turns out not a whole lot of good stuff, because you get like Shine, Fairy Tale, Love Wave, which all of those are one-word titles. Yeah. It just kind of goes, well, this one just belongs by itself and just doesn't know what to do with that. Well, how does Copycat Illusion, like, that that string comes up 
twice. You've got Never Forget Copycat Illusion. And uh, where's the other one? We just get Copycat Illusion. So, yeah, like apparently the computer just love has has just learned that those two words belong together. All right. <laughs> Aphrodisiac sound sounds just like a college radio program. Oh, I, I love that title. <laughs> that could be the, that could be the name of Eurovision in the Wild. It's just yeah. Aphrodisiac sound. Aphrodisiac <laughs> sound. Never teardrop. We are a rebuttal. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could be vodka. Uh, anyways. As it turns out, computers are not the future when it comes to writing songs. They are very much the future when writing titles. Uh, You are welcome to create your own. Uh, Really, you want to use the title generator. And we'll also have the links in our show notes. But you are you are welcome, Ralph Siegel. We just made your job that much easier. Oh man, yeah. I mean, just the title generator alone is just like okay. There's a prompt. Just go write a pop song, narrate your day. It's amazing. So. This is <laughs> this is probably one of the goofiest projects I've in, uh, embarked upon, and I'm so glad we did this. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm so glad that we did this, and I'm so glad that I now just have like a Eurovision song title generator. Yeah, so that's pretty much all we've got on the songwriting part. Maybe Alexander Reebok is right that it's a little bit I mean, easier than uh, I, I, I the computers lead us to believe yeah yeah we we believed in it and uh yeah we, we will be singing shine fairy tale love wave all day long so <laughs> before we head out uh just kind of want to give a word about uh some current events so we are recording this on monday august 13th and yeah, there's the possibility that uh, yeah, there was like a whole big thing this weekend where it turns out that uh, the Eurovision broadcaster has not ponied up uh, money that was supposed to be put in a Swiss bank account and has until tomorrow to do it. Yeah. And there's been a lot of kind of back and forth of uh, KAN, the broadcaster saying like, well, no, the government needs to pay for it. And then Netanyahu saying like, no, the government's not going to pay for it. And if you don't, we're shutting you down. So it's a little dicey right now as to whether or not next year's contest is going to be in Israel. And yeah, that... like, just just a reminder, y'all don't buy your plane tickets yet. It's yeah, September. it's not even September. It's August. But like the fun part about this is that like we've been planning our next episode and it was going to be about Israel. So that's going to be a fun one. Right. The final decision is expected to drop on Tuesday, and this episode is expected to drop on Wednesday. So we are aware of what's going on. Uh, it's just podcast timing is not lining up appropriately. Yeah, but just, just like a bri- big, hearty shrug emoticon. Yeah, but we will definitely be talking about this in our next episode. Until then, that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, the Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me! Thank you, Ben. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com, uh, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at eurowhat. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, Uh, suggestions for new uh, Eurovision in the Wild titles. Uh, If you do end up using the uh, generator to come up with some great song titles or uh, lyrics for a song or even like come up with a full song, we would love to hear it. So please send that our way. Please please make more and more Eurovision song titles like the highlight of my week. Please tweet those at EuroWhat. You can also subscribe to the EuroWhat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. 
Word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to listen, so please tell your friends about the Euro What podcast. Uh, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, all of the services. We listen to all the feedback and we really appreciate it. And yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with hopefully some information on what is going to be happening in 2019. And that's how you write a song.